Welcome to Twice Five Miles Radio, fertile ground for conversations worth listening to and remembering. I'm your host, James Nave, always airing first on WPVMLP Asheville 103.7 and streaming online wpvmfm.org the voice of Asheville heard all over the world and on other community radio stations like KCEI Cultural Energy Radio coming out of Taos, New Mexico thank you Walter Parks for our theme song walterparks.com for more on Walter's music Davine Dial thank you for managing WPVMFM on Wall Street in downtown Asheville and Robin Collier thank you for managing KCEI Cultural Energy Radio out of Taos if you'd like to reach me Nave at jamesnave.com. It's a great place to, to reach out, and I'll be glad to hear from you. And I'd like to remind you that we're sponsored by the Imaginative Storm Writing Project. If you'd like to improve your writing chops, imaginativestorm.com is a great place to look. Today, I have a guest. I am actually in the field. I'm not on a Zoom call, and I'm not going solo by myself. I'm sitting with my dear friend, Jennifer Pickering. And Jennifer and I have known each other for many, many, many years. Jennifer is the director of Leaf Global Arts. Jennifer also runs the Leaf Festival, which many of you listening in Asheville probably know about. It's held on the campus of Black Mountain College, the former Black Mountain College, and it's at Camp Rockmont and also at Lake Eden Retreat. So we have this huge thing going on, and Jennifer and I have been working for for since the very beginning of the Leaf Festival and the very beginning of Leaf Global Arts. So I've had Jennifer on this show a couple of times. Always glad to have her back. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you, Nave. So we have been working for 29 years on the Leaf Global Arts project, which includes the Leaf Festival, as well as many other situations around the world. And thanks to your vision, many people have gathered and have taken part in making this vision grow more and more and more. And what's interesting about where we are right now, 29, I think, years later, 1995, I don't know, do the math, quite a while. Even though Leaf Global Arts is fully formed, it's also just beginning, almost like every day, it starts anew and people come anew and people like you and I are here and we've been here for a long time. So I would like for you to just reflect on all of this history you have and everything that's going on and where you would like to go. And you were talking last night about holding space and I would like to learn more about what you mean by that because I've seen you do it. I know how you do it. And I would just like to know more about it. So start wherever you please. (laughs) Well, I'll start with talking to Roy Harris this afternoon. And he had called because he needed some inspiration to get him through the day. And he had a video of us dancing over the weekend. And it popped up on his phone and he goes, you know what? I now remember, like, I can also find that spark in me. I need to go dance out in the world today. And when I saw him over the weekend, and Roy is a elder black storyteller and has been part of the black storytelling community for a very long time and has brought his magic and his inquisitiveness and curiosity to leave. But when I saw him on Sunday during during the festival in this bright moment, he walked up and he just said, 
I didn't realize how much I needed to step out of where I've been the past weeks, months, years, and I just needed a new perspective. And that's what Leaf has given me this weekend. And in talking today, he also, he had a few pieces that just were so beautifully put. He said, at Leaf, I felt like I had just walked through the world and I so needed that. Just stand right there on the hill where that bright oak tree has turned its colors and look across Lake Eden and you see something of everything and something of everybody. And I talked to so many people and one thing I heard consistently over and over again was we raised our families at Leaf. This place, Lake Eden, has since the early 1900s always held space and held a place for people to come and gather regardless of who you were, your perspectives, your choices, and has been a place where you can step into other people's worlds and at the same time share your own. And that's important in this crazy world that we live in. And it's always, you know, at moments we think, oh, it's really gotten gotten to that next place. And then you look back on history and I think you know, in working with humans, that it's always been a wild world. However, throughout that, consistently, the culture mostly expressed from my experience so gracefully through the oral traditions, poetry, storytelling, as well as through drumming and dancing and all of these different ways of song and celebration, that those have been the consistent bright stars of how people can connect to each other and step into understanding and finding their common spot. Something happened the very last moment of the Leaf Global Arts Festival this October That was really beautiful. We had uh, an elder who was not able to make it, and we invited Doc, Doc the Hawk, Doc the High Hawk, Doc the High Hawk, and Juanacidro Concha. So, but before before you go on, people in Taos are listening to this. Okay. So for those of you in Taos who are listening to this, uh, Juanacidro and Doc came as uh, to to talk to the people here in Western North Carolina about. The, the work they're doing with youth in on the Taos Pueblo, and they really were wonderful this weekend. They were beyond wonderful. They stepped into places and spaces, and so I'm gonna get back to holding space. Yes. So when people weren't able to show up for whatever reason in certain places or where there was gaps, the two of them, individually and together, stepped up and shared their stories. One of um, the moments that was the final ending was Doc connected with Dal Sahu, who's currently in one of the First Nations universities in Santa Fe, and he is from the Hopi First Nation. And the two of them 
together talked about what could we do as a final closing moment impromptu and they found a common song from both of their first nations that they both knew and it was about friendships and it was really quite sweet and there was this moment where they presented and the day was starting to end and oftentimes you know we would get up and say a few things and it was like you know what it is enough and they held space beautifully. Living and growing up on the land here at Lake Eden and watching so many different people flow through here with families, individuals, and creatives, and finding their sacred places, but also finding themselves, being able to retreat, being able to create, being able to connect. I really like found it of being able to find the best of themselves, the best of others, and connect to the world as well. And in holding space in place, that's what we do here, is we create these moments where people can step forward to find those moments that let them shine, where they may not have been able to shine in other ways in their own communities because of all the other noise going on or because of all the other pieces. So in terms of holding space, a lot of people hold space for their communities, hold space for their cultures, hold space for their identity. And for us at LEAF, we hold space for others to come and have a safe platform to share their culture and to share their stories in the way that they want to, as long as it's family friendly, except for the slam, you know, we do do put on the slam, you know, it's 18 and older usually. Uh, but there, there may be a few adulting moments in there because and the last thing I'll share on this moment is I have watched over the years of people having so many incredible messages to share with the audiences and that they needed to just share for whatever reason. And the slam that you started at LEAF in 1995, Nave, and has been a continual running slam. Even during COVID, we did it through Zoom or we did it in other ways, creatively. The slam is one of the few places, or poetry is one of the few places that you can talk about any subject, and people will listen. That's quite true, and when you talk about holding space, I'm also thinking about creating space where we can hold each other, and mm -hmm. that's what happens at the Poetry Slam, and I will say, rippling out from Eden Hall, the stage there, to the other areas, that's what happens collectively here. We have created a space where we can hold each other, and people report the ease in which they interact. Uh, one of the things Doc, the High Hawk, and Juan Isidro Concha said, as I was taking them to the airport yesterday to fly back to Albuquerque and then travel back up to, up to the Taos Pueblo, and, I said, well, what did you guys, what did you guys uh, think before you came? What, what did you have in mind? And he said, well, I, we didn't know, we weren't sure, we've not been in Western North Carolina before. And I said, well, what did you expect or what surprised you? And they said, well, we didn't think there would be so many happy children running around. <laughs> we didn't think it was going to be so friendly, so family friendly. And in some ways, the children 
do come the little ones, the tiny ones, the medium-sized ones, and then many of them grow up and become adults with children as well. They bring them here. In a sense, it's so well held that we all go back a bit to our childlike sensibilities. I don't think I'm a child. I can't be. I'm too old for that. But gosh, do I feel young when I'm here. And so that's also us holding each other within a space that's created. Mm, that's really true. And I was struck by when they were at the LEAF members gathering in the barn, which was built by the Black Mountain College of Women. And, you know, it has a lot of history in there. And they shared some really extraordinary music and they had just followed um, a brilliant black indigenous woman, Martha Redmond, sharing her song. And he said, Doc said, we've been singing and dancing to help heal the world and that's what it's about. And the love in the community that we've been experiencing here of friends and family really took us by surprise and has felt extraordinary. And, you know, Navi, when you and I started the whole concept of creating Leaf, I mean, we were younger and neither one of us had our own children. We had our godchildren, our nephews and our nieces. However, we instinctively knew there's something about when families and kids are present in any event, it holds space differently and it allows you and encourages you to have people to show up better than, than they might at a, at a typical, the word festival is so overused. Um, it wasn't when we started this, but it does have a very different feel. And Chinobi from Uganda, who's also been a long time part of LEAF, and he said when he first came to the United States, he couldn't understand. He would go to these extraordinary places, Lincoln Center and beyond, and do these concerts, and he never saw any children. And he'd ask the audiences, how many of you all have children? And most people's hands would go up and he would say, well, where are they? <laughs> you know, I've, I've come all the way from Uganda. I work with kids all the time. Where are your children? And somebody in the audience in DC said, I think that you should check out Leaf in Black Mountain, North Carolina. I think that that might be your place. And it has been a beautiful, beautiful collaboration to watch his own kids start to dance and sing here, but also with his Dance of Hope from Uganda, come and collaborate with our Leaf International kids. And May at the retreat, if you recall, our final moment was we had had 18 of Chinobe's kids from Uganda had come from Dance of Hope, and 18 of the kids from Leaf International Guatemala from El Tejar had come. And we intentionally put them in the same lodge together knowing that these are very different cultures and very different languages. And yet I felt confident and it came true that they would find extraordinary connection. And they did. And in that last moment of watching all 36 of these young people on stage singing and dancing together and you just go, okay, this is why we do what we do. And this is the best of humanity that I'm seeing right now. You mentioned people coming from other places. People listening to this show, some of them will know 
Leaf Global Arts, and they'll know the Leaf Festival. Other people might not be as familiar with it, although now that we've been talking, they have a better <laughs> sense of it. Maybe they'll yeah. come visit next year. The global part, tell everybody listening how many locations you work in and how that managed to grow out of Lake Eden. So when I had moved back to Lake Eden, which was a place that I'd grown up at, and I had worked and been traveling in the world throughout Southeast Asia, South America, and several other places, and I got back here and I felt like I was a bit in a cultural desert. And that's how when we were designing LEAF, it was also like, okay, we can be in this extraordinary place and let's also create a way for people from different places in the world to show up here. And remembering, as my husband who used to work for Global Rhythm magazine, he has a great saying that if you're in Mali, Appalachian music that your father did, that is world music. And remembering like where where we are in the world that to somebody else it's an extraordinary place and for us to continue to cultivate that cultural curiosity so over the years as we started having artists come and going into the schools and such and working in the communities deeper because it seems silly to be bringing this extraordinary artist including yourself here and that they weren't getting out in our larger community. So really deepening the relationships in our own backyard and the opportunities for the kids and then having that Leaf Schools and Streets piece where the kids actually get to come with their te visiting teaching artists or their resident artists and come here to Leaf as a performer. And then the next step that happened in 2006 was being in St. Vincent and the Grenadines and watching a group of kids come over by the ferry once a week to play the steel pan and asking the simple question, why aren't the kids on Beckway learning the steel pan tradition? Or are they? And who is it? And who's teaching? And that started opening up the pathway and the connection to realize that in most communities, there's what I term culture keepers. And someone who's the person that holds that space for the stories, the songs, the making of the drums, the making of the instruments, the making of the costumes. And they are the people that will pass that forward to their youth. And oftentimes what will happen is they are doing these because it's what they've always done. And they just need someone to see them and to give the possibility for them to pass it forward to their youth and support that. So I designed a prototype that is a small, very low funded prototype, which could be anywhere from $3,000 to $30,000 a year and supporting culture keepers to share their traditions with their youth in their community. And it's their programs and we support them doing that work and then start to as we can we're and we're fairly small nonprofit ourselves always having bigger bigger visions than our resources and to create opportunities for them to connect both in person and virtually we this year um, besides the Guatemalan Ugandan kids at the beginning of the year 
we took a group of kids from the Leaf International Rwanda program, not far away, but to their neighbor in Tanzania and our partner there. And the watching that connection, none of the kids had ever left Rwanda, none of them had ever been to Tanzania. And just watching, and the, the culture keepers were so enthralled that they ended up going back to Rwanda with the Rwandan group. And which was actually beautiful. A couple of the uh, culture keepers, one of them was Maasai. And there's a, there was a lot of mystique and misunderstandings around their culture. And so they really got to both work through these, drum it out, dance it out, get to know each other. Here we are all this time later from 1995. This organization, Leaf Global Arts, has grown global, obviously. People come, they go. You look around the Leaf Festival and you see all kinds of people coming and going, languages spoken, etc., etc. So it truly is a, a, a beautiful a, a place where the soup bubbles in a delicious way. Mm. And yet we were there last night, you and I, and who were the other? Masanka from Malawi, who's been coming here to Lake Eden for 25 plus years, and then Erin Hartley and her partner. Molly, who Aaron has been a teaching artist in, for over 15 years with LEAF and now is our LEAF Associate Director. So there we were last night sitting with... At the Bush. At the, at the Bush, <laughs> the great, great restaurant in Black Mountain. We love, the, we love going to the Bush, owned by a fellow named Mark from South Africa. Yes. Here we are, Black Mountain, and yet it's international. What I loved about our time together last night Instead of thinking, oh my gosh, look at what we've done and how wonderful it is. Of course, we celebrated that. That's true. It's all true. And yet we were asking, what's next? As if this is a brand new idea. Yeah. Built on the, the depth that we've already carried forward. And yet we're saying, what's next? I'm sitting there thinking, well, what can I, where can I go? What can I do? You were doing that. The vision, where can we go? I would love for you to just riff a little bit jazz-like on how you see this thing moving and what it's doing. <laughs> well, it's funny, uh, as you say that, all of a sudden my ADD, I'm seeing all the instruments we're surrounded by from you know trombones to um, trumpets to guitars and such. So in that, in any journey, it's really the mission that's driving you. So on our mission of connecting people to cultures and creating community and doing that because we believe in the importance of cultural preservation and cultural connections. And it feels that there's always a new chapter possible. And it's our responsibility and opportunity as we sit in gratefulness, which I never ever take for granted that, you know, we just had a extraordinary journey of Legends of the Americas was a theme this year. And it was the first time that we had really dived into First Nations of the Americas because last year it was Legends of Africa. But this particular theme this year also reminded us of how little we know 
and how much and how much wisdom there is surrounding us in the traditions that often are unseen. And so as we step into next year, our theme will be world changing. And so what do we want to cultivate in these 29 years together where people have raised their families, where people have found their you know best selves, where they found their best friends, where it has nurtured their lives? What do we want to create for others to grow forward? And how do we step and hold space in new ways? And, you know, you and I and Masanko, we were the elders at the table last night. We haven't always been the elders there. And so being cognitive of we live in an extraordinary magical world that oftentimes we can get caught in the blandness and the speed. And the culture can root us back to deep connections of both the past and create a pathway forward for the present to understand what is possible and really connecting to the wisdom of the elders and what has led forward so many people and so many traditions through the music and the dance and the arts because we all need we all need that elixir of the soul you say wisdom of the elders and when we hear that term we think of the elders somewhere up on the high ridge giving proclamations and yet we were the elders last night and and you know you bring up something really just i'm i don't often use that word and so if i misuse that word i'm in it as older people who have some wisdom about what we're carrying forward because I also understand that the word elder, I usually only use more in a sacred tone for people who have carried their traditions. Expanding that idea from the sacred point of view, the wisdom of the elders, it is a sacred idea. One grows older and one hopefully carries some wisdom or at least acquires a little bit, right? <laughs> and in, in acquiring the wisdom, one relaxes a bit, realizes, okay, it's very important what we do. At the same time, let's take it easy and not be in such a big hurry. Let's watch the situation unfold. So the wisdom of the elders is truly a sacred term. And yet it is not, in my mind, a sacred term exclusive for some elevated few that somehow managed to make it through the the fence or whatever it is to become elders. We can allow ourselves as people who mature to genuinely appreciate what we have to say, the stories that we tell. And I think what makes an elder and allows one to feel confident that they might have something to offer is simply pausing for a moment and realizing I do have a place. I do have wisdom. I do have purpose. I have experienced love and loss. I grew up in this place, this community, wherever you are. And I am an elder. And let that just be. And when you think of it like that, the wisdom of the elders becomes a little bit more 
open and available for us to embrace as the people who are elders and for the others out there looking in to go like, okay, these folks may know something. And when you pass a stranger on the street, maybe somebody that's a little more mature, that's an elder. Now, who knows what that person might say? So I love the expansion of the wisdom of elders because it's there and we mm. deserve to embrace it as people that have lived and existed on this earth and now feel like, okay, we are older. I'm feeling that way. I'll be 74 when this show airs. I'm 73 right now. Birthday's coming up. I'm relevant and you are too. Well, more importantly, when's your birthday? November the 7th. Okay. <laughs> That's right. And we're here. So what do we do with this precious time while we're here? Are you asking me? Or no, am I asking, asking you? Yeah, or I know. You... We're, just, we're just on this journey and grateful to be here. Well, what do we do with this precious time that we have right now? I said to you yesterday, Jennifer, I would like to know more about what holding space means. This was after dinner. You said, well, why don't you come over to my house tomorrow afternoon and we will do an interview. I said, I'd love to do an interview. We agreed to do this mm -hmm. interview. That is what we do. We show up and do what's right in front of us and build one thing at a time and say yes to those opportunities that exist right here. And I would offer to say that Almost 30 years ago, when you said, let's go, you've got some ideas, let's go sit and hold space, and let's talk and dream. Because we had that conversation, the 30 years of leaf, the, oh my goodness, like, you know, I think we're now up to 700,000 people and artists and thing, you know, all of the goodness, goodness knows how many people under 10 and babies have come through leaf life in some way. And we have held space and we've stayed dedicated to the mission and the vision of creating that space for others as well as for ourselves. And I recognize too, over the years when we've invited people in from so many different places that and and it's been said especially by a lot of our leaf international youth where only a few people might have gotten to come from the program but yet they are coming and they are holding space for all of the kids who they normally dance with and so wherever we're showing up we are holding that place for others that we dance with Another thing I think we've learned in these last 29 years, LEAF has taught us how to be generous. Generosity is something that's here. And it's also taught us how to create an allowance for many different people. So we allow, LEAF allows you to fully bloom. It also acts as a mirror. People come here and they see themselves in a way that they might not notice 
out in other places in the world. Absolutely. And they see themselves in relationship to the other folks seeing themselves as well. So it's almost, leave multiplies people's sensibilities around who they are and how they share that space of who they are with the other people within the context of generosity. And along with that, creative resourcing, because we have done this on a very grassroots scale with not a lot of funding. Thank goodness for members and grants and people who come. And it is a lesson in being resourceful and being kind and being creative. And I watch so many people who show up to LEAF, whether it's at the festival, whether it's in LEAF Schools and Streets, LEAF International, or downtown Asheville at LEAF Global. And they show up and we hold space in a way that people can step in and they can find a place where, most everybody, where they can excel or they can be who they wanna be. There's um, our very first LEAF member ever and has been coming, he has yet to miss a leaf, so 29 years. He just retired last year, and I only knew him from leaf. And he would show up, and he was just this happy, jolly, delightful person. And, and I found out years later after knowing him that he was an international mall developer. And I was like, what, Charlie, what? Like, you're the most delightful, like, just kind, wonderful human, and he said, that is, why I come to LEAF, because at LEAF I can be who I really want to be. And that's not necessarily who I get to be in my everyday life, but I get to reconnect with that every time I come here. You're bringing up leadership here. And what I mean by that, LEAF empowers people to be who they are. And it suggests to folks when they come here, things they can take back home with them, like, like one of Cedro and, and Doc. They came here and when we were driving back to the airport, they said, oh, I get it. I see the scale. I see what can happen when you show up and do things. Hmm. I now know better what we can take back to our community and how we can implement some things in our community. There's your leadership. The leadership is, is, is implied. It allows you to step into your strength and move forward, inviting others to come along because the strength is there, the, the, the foundation is there. And embracing the stories and the journeys that we've all been on because the journey's not always smooth and easy. And you can refine and recalibrate to how you want to show up. And some days it's easier than others, right? And what I also listen to in their songs and in their poetry is they shared some of their journeys with such humbleness and openness. And when I was listening, and hearing some of the things that they've been through in life and recognizing how many other people that we were surrounded by here at Lake Eden this weekend had been on similar journeys of both loss and discovery and refinding. 
and then letting all these little bright stars guide us forward. Yeah, they, they are taking a lot home with them. And that's the point of Leaf Global Arts. Maybe we're talking so much about the vision and what we're, we're going to do next. And as we close out, because I know you have some other appointments that you have to go attend to, it may be the way for us to allow our elderdom to be part of where this is going. We might just be well advised to listen to Leaf Global Arts. Just listen and it will tell us what it needs because it truly is an entity. It's a, it's a, it's a being that embraces us. It holds us all the time now. Well, and think about Nave, when we started it, we ended up calling it LEAF Stands for Lake Eden Arts Festival is how we started it. Mm -hmm. And then over the years, it evolved. And in, in this current edition since 2020, it, January 1st, 2020, we became LEAF Global Arts officially. And I think that's with any good story, it keeps on evolving. Yeah. I remember when you came that first afternoon sitting on that little knoll talking like we're talking now. It's not any different, really. And you said, oh, I said, well, what is this going to be? She said, well, it's going to be a festival. It's not just a music festival. It's going to have arts and dance and, and, and all these other things and, and curated this and that. And you were so excited. And I said, how about poetry? And you said, oh, yeah, we can do that, too. No problem. And I said, what are you going to call it? I'm going to call it Lake Eden Arts Festival. And I do recall, I think I did say this. I said, Lake Eden Arts Festival, L-E-A-F. You're going to do it in the spring and in the fall. And here in Western North Carolina, the mountains speak to you. And one of the ways the mountains speak, they speak with the leaves emerging in the spring and the leaves falling in the fall. And I don't know if I said we should call it the Leaf Festival, but I remember thinking, what a powerful idea to be surrounded by this much ancient energy mm. that feeds us and, and witnesses. We've been witnessed by the forest right here on this mountainside. Now that is a really beautiful idea. In closing, Jennifer, anything you would like to say just to mm. sorbet the conversation as you, well, as you move I, out? Well, I look around us right now and the leaves are changing and I think that's one of the most beautiful pieces of being here at Lake Eden is that consistency of being able to see the magic every day regardless of what's happening in the world, being able to step out and talk to the trees and hear them and really remind us to stand tall and bend when you know when you need to just flex and flow a little bit and keep keep um, holding space and creating space with and with others and in ways that connect us to the best of the world well, Jennifer, thank you so much for being on Twice Five Miles Radio, theleaf.org, in case you want to find out more about Leaf Global Arts. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you, Nave.
There you go, my friends. Thus concludes my conversation with Jennifer Pickering. Jennifer had another appointment, so she left me with a little bit of time to spend with you. I love this project, Leaf Global Arts. And as you've just learned, so, so much has gone on around what we do here on the grounds of Lake Eden. Lake Eden is actually a lake. It's a beautiful lake that's on the grounds here. It's divided into three different lakes, so you can walk along the shore and see the Canada geese swimming in the water sometimes, or you hear them honking as they fly over in the morning. Sometimes the weather is very raucous. The wind will blow through. Other times, like right now, it's as quiet and easy as it can be. Mid-October, actually a little bit past mid-October, and things are changing. When I grew up in these mountains, all those years ago, the trees looked exactly the same. I went to the woods from behind the house where my father built in 1953, and I ran through the woods. And so that might explain why now, all these years later, I sit here in this chair looking out the window at the changing leaves. And some have already started to go off the trees. The poplar trees have lost some of their leaves and they're very brown now. And then there are a few red leaves everywhere. So it's not quite, they haven't quite gone yet. So the forest and the magic of the forest is here. It's home, it, it holds, holds you when, when you come. This festival and Leaf Global Arts and Lake Eden rose out of the Asheville community, the early days of the Asheville community, the early art days. And I want to mention a place. The place I'd like to mention is called, or was called, McDibbs in Black Mountain, North Carolina. McDibbs was the first listening room in the Asheville area. A little place, no big deal really, fellow named David Peel had the vision for this whole area. His vision was similar to what we now have at Leaf Global Arts. David didn't have the right timing because it was too early. It was the early 80s when he first opened McDibbs. And McDibbs was on Cherry Street in Black Mountain. David had a wood stove for heat. He had a funky cash register. And it was a bar. He sold Budweiser's, Blue Ribbon, Schlitz, mostly in a can, a few bottled beer, and the premium beer was a Heineken. So you paid a quarter more for the Heineken, I think, and people were very happy they could order the premium Heinekens. Otherwise, it was just beer and I think a few sodas and some water. The room held a hundred people. And Local musicians would come and play, and those local musicians would show up all the time, and pretty soon the word went out. The word went out around the country. Hey, there's this little listening room in Black Mountain, North Carolina, and when you're driving from Atlanta to Richmond, or further north to D.C., or maybe you're driving from Atlanta to Raleigh-Durham to play, you can stop in Black Mountain and you can play a gig, and you can play a gig in an intimate room that holds a hundred people, and they sit very close, 
and you can pick up a thousand fifteen hundred dollars now these were professional musicians like jerry jeff walker taj mahal for example where two doc watson played there i remember he came um and many many others i don't really remember all the names but lots of people so scattered among the local musicians were the more well-known musicians now some of the local musicians like david wilcox became nationally known david lamont became nationally known and there were some others who played uh, i think christine kane went out and played for years so she was on the circuit as well and annie lally who never went out big time on the circuit she played all the time and then there was ad anderson who played every wednesday night and when ad played with his martin guitar he still has the martin uh, d 30 something i think it's an old one and he still plays it he could rock the house with just the guitar in his voice so david peel had the vision that allowed everybody to start expanding their art and their music now the reason why david is important is because in 1982 david came to lake eden and he made a contract with jennifer pickering's father george pickering to hold the first Black Mountain Festival on this very site. So before the Lee Festival happened, there was the Black Mountain Festival. And David called all the folks from all the hills to come in, I was one of them, and we held a festival. And it had a very similar vibe to what we have now. Of course, it was really early days. There, we had no internet, we had pay phones but somehow people heard about it and they came. And it was absolutely beautiful. And the Black Mountain Festival went on from 1982 throughout the 80s and into the 90s. And when Jennifer came over to visit me, the Black Mountain Festival had changed form. It was no longer the sweet holding space festival that it had been when David was part of it. It had moved to something else that wasn't quite as appealing didn't hold as gracefully and might have gripped more than held. So by 1995, when Jennifer had the idea to create the Leaf Festival, Black Mountain Festival was still around. Jennifer had the good sense, the wisdom, as a young person with elder sensibilities, to invite all of the people who had been part of the Black Mountain Festival to come and join her in creating this new festival, an arts festival, more than music, dance, songs, people gathering, curated art, poetry, and on and on and on. And Jennifer's vision was to bring the best of what we created in the Black Mountain Festival in the 80s, allow it to start growing again in the 90s and it absolutely did there is something really important about seeds in the ground and how when you nurture the seeds in ways that are meaningful they will grow here the seeds are the the people who come when we were doing the black mountain festival we had similar vibes right and then the vibes faded but the seeds were still around so jennifer brought the seeds the the heirloom seeds, if you will, into the Leaf Festival. 
And that's how it, it got traction. And all the people who were there in the very beginning were devoted to the idea of sharing something more than themselves, being available, being available for expansion, available for listening, available for embracing whatever comes. And through Jennifer's leadership, she was able to inspire all of us in this big, big, big circle, as she said, 700,000 people have been through here. You see families with young children. There are three generations at least here. The young people who fell in love at the Leaf Festival, maybe the first Leaf Festival, they raised their families. Their, their family grew up and now they have grandchildren. All have been coming to Leaf all these years. So Jennifer knew and she had the wisdom to know that if we created a space like this, it would hold us all and continue to do so. And that's exactly what happened. It's rare in life to find a situation that actually accomplishes much, much, much more than anybody dreamed about and accomplishes it with a great deal of work and a great deal of effort on many, many, many people's parts and yet it seems easy. It seems as it's supposed to be. Just like when you're sitting on a hill in Western North Carolina, like I am now, looking up to the ridges, which rise to 4,000, 5,000, and then further, further north from here to 6,800 feet. There's an ancient wisdom. The hills speak. And Anybody can hear what the hills have to say. You can come, sit under these trees, and you feel something. The forest holds you. The mountains hold you. These are some of the oldest mountains in the world. And the Leaf Festival, Leaf Global Arts Lake Eden has been here a long time, but nowhere near the length of time these mountains have been here. And the mountains have seen all the things that, that have gone on. And so now I'm here, right now, finishing this time with you. And it's been such an, a privilege to be able to just tell this story and to lift up David Peel a bit and acknowledge all of those that have come before us. We are able to accomplish what we accomplish in life. Whatever it is that you have accomplished, we're able to do that. You're able to do it. I'm able to do it because we're held. We're held by the people around us, by our communities. That's what allows us to be who we are. It's not some singular thing. I am the individual and I have done it all. We are a part of all that we have met, yet all experience is an arch where through gleams that untraveled world whose margin fades forever and forever as we move. That's from Ulysses by Alfred Lord Tennyson. We are a part of all that we have met. And because we are a part of all that we have met, we can sail beyond the sunset and the baths of all the western stars until we die, until we become part of the entire universe, the entire infinity that we're in right now. So for now, sitting here on this ridge, 
I'd like to say thank you ever so much for listening to Jennifer's stories, for listening to my story or my stories, listening to Twice Five Miles Radio. We have been accompanied by Chewy the dog. Chewy is here on the floor right now. Chewy is a little hippie dog. She has some feathers in her hair. And everybody loves Chewy, even though Chewy can't hear a thing. And I don't know if Chewy can see or not. I believe she has at least one eye that's still functioning. Anyway, thank you ever so much for listening to Twice Five Miles Radio. Fertile ground for conversations worth listening to and remembering. I'm your host, James Nave, and we're always airing first on WPVM LP Asheville. 103.7 and streaming online wpvmfm.org the voice of Asheville heard all over the world and on other community radio stations like KCEI Cultural Energy Radio coming out of Taos, New Mexico thank you Walter Parks for our theme song walterparks.com for more on Walter's music thank you Devine Dial for managing WPVMFM there on Wall Street in downtown Asheville if you'd like to reach out to me, Nave at jamesnave.com. Nave is spelled N-A-V-E. I would love to hear from you. How does the land speak to you? What do you hear when you stop and listen? How do you play your role as a wisdom keeper? And you can be 12 years old and have the ancient wisdom of the elders. You don't have to wait around for it. How, how does it work for you? Nave at jamesnave.com if you'd like to share some of those stories with me. I would love to hear them. Love, love to hear them. And theleaf.org if you would like to find out more about the Leaf Festival and Leaf Global Arts. It's downtown Asheville. You can go there as well or come here. Lots of opportunities. I'd like to thank Walter Parks for our theme song, walterparks.com. For more on Walter's music. I love to work with Walter. I love to visit with him. In fact, I'm going to See him next week on my way out to Taos. I'll be leaving Asheville and leaving these hills and, and going to the Rockies, a different kind of mountain, powerful as well. And thank you, Davine Dial, for managing WPVM-FM. We really do appreciate it. And Robin Collier out in Taos, thank you for airing this on KCEI, Cultural Energy Radio, all the way up into Colorado. And I'd like to remind you that we are sponsored by the Imaginative Storm writing project. If you would like to improve your writing, build out your writing chops a little bit more, Imaginative Storm is a good place to start. So again, thank you ever so much for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. And hey, I hope you come back sometime soon. And until then, I'll catch you on that turnaround somewhere down the line. Twine around the door
Little butter.